Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring our message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Have you come expecting something from God this morning? You know, I've been expecting something. The Bible says, who the Son is set free is free indeed. Are you free in the house? Are you free in the house? Come on, let's just give God praise this morning. Hallelujah!
it is so good to see all of you here today and thank you so much for being here. We want to encourage our 11 o'clock service crowd to act like you've been here forever. Your church service and what you experience today will be whatever you make it. The more you participate, the more you feel like, man, this is just a comfortable living room kind of a setting where I'm meeting with people that are just like me in the presence of, of my Heavenly Father, the more enjoyable this service will be. Where you have not just a going to church kind of time, but you have a life-changing experience with people that are just like you around you. So today, I'm encouraging you to just be comfortable, to have fun, to laugh, to clap, just, just enjoy yourself in this service. And that brings me to the next part, and that is there are two things about this service that I love. First, we have a full platform of worshipers that bring an energy and a worship level that I just love so much. And secondly, it is Baby Dedication Sunday. So all of you that are dedicating babies this morning, please make your way to the front if you would. Your prayer counselor will meet you down front that has already been assigned to you. So just come on down. All the family members, come with you them. All of you grandparents, come on down. Take as many pictures as you would like to take. And I want to remind you, as I did in the first service, that all of our services are archived on three different venues. So if you would like to send uh, pictures of your baby being dedicated, we have cameras, we have professional photographers that are taking pictures of groups. We have three cameras going live. Uh, over three different venues, media venues, and uh, you can have loved ones in other states be able to tune into this service and see your precious baby being dedicated. You can see these services in the future on fellowshipgj.com in the message archive. You can also see this service on Facebook, and you can also see it on YouTube. So you can just Google it on YouTube, pull up this particular date, and then say, hey, you can see our baby being dedicated. Send that to a loved one somewhere else. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. We are so glad y'all are here. Take pictures, enjoy, have fun during this part of the service. But let me explain very quickly that when we have baby dedication, it is not salvation. This is parents and a family saying that we are dedicating this child back to the Lord. We realize this child is a gift from God and we wanna see him or her accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior at a very young age. It's praying a hedge of protection around that child to keep evil influences out of their life and to keep godly influences speaking into their life. It's a dedication not just of the child, but of the mom and dad, of siblings, of grandparents and family members saying, we wanna create a home atmosphere where the love of Christ, where forgiveness is always something that is felt within our family. So it's the church family taking part as these family members take part in dedicating. Thank you, God, for this gift that you've given our family. All right, come on, let's do this.
Church family, let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And we as a church, Lord, we, we dedicate ourselves to continue to have high quality, wonderful children's ministry, places that are where kids are protected, where they are loved, where they are taught the word of God, where on their level where they can get it by skilled and confident teachers. Lord, we pray that if they don't get saved at a young age, like before elementary, that they would be saved. These kids saved in elementary school. They would be saved during their middle school years, their high school years. But Father, that they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We know it's not about their moms and dads or their grandparents' relationship with you. It is about them connecting with you as our Heavenly Father through your Son, Jesus. So Father, we pray you would protect them. We pray, Father, that they would have the wisdom and discernment to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit when it comes to the decisions in their lives of who to have close to them and who to push away. Father, we pray for always a hedge of protection around their health. Bless them in every way that they wouldn't get sick, they wouldn't be ill, they would never be involved in an accident, no harm ever come to them in any way. Their homes would never experience a fire, water damage, someone breaking in. None of those things could happen because you have set a hedge around every one of these families. Father, we love you so much. Bless the, the husbands, the wives, bless the moms, the dads. Bless, I pray, everyone involved in this family unit. And Father, as a church family unit, we, Father, want to be to them everything you want us to be. Bless us, protect us. Thank you for this day of celebration. What a wonderful, wonderful gift you have given us with the lives of these children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Families, you may go back to your seat now. Thank you so very, very much. Let's continue to worship our Heavenly Father.
the Lord a praise offering. He so deserves it this morning. God, we love you. And we thank you that you are doing a work in us. The things that we've seen in our past, the track record, Lord, that you developed with us and how you brought us through storms and, and just trials, God. And you know what? We know you're gonna do it again. You'll move mountains on our behalf and we praise you for that, God. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you would wanna do that. Thank you for this time we have had already together this morning to worship. I pray, Lord God, that you bless the rest of this service today. Just continue to soften our hearts and fill us to overflowing. And thank you, God. Thank you that we can worship in a place like this with family. We thank you, Lord, for all the little ones that were dedicated this morning and just pray blessing and favor upon them as well as their families. And just thank you, God. Thank you for being so good to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God is good, isn't he? So good to us. Well, as you make your way back to your seats this morning and find your seats, just make sure you show yourself friendly. Greet some people maybe in your section that you haven't met yet. If you are watching with us live from home, thank you so much for being a part of Fellowship Church. Thank you so much uh, for many of you. You're visiting with us for the first time. And thank you, Lord. We Thank you for doing that. God is so good to us and has blessed us with a great church family. Love to see you here in person sometime. So come visit us uh, when you can live. If you are a guest or a visitor, whether watching online or in the service today, we'd love to have a record of you being here. You can register in a couple different ways. Easiest way, of course, is just to do it uh, by taking out your smartphone. You text fellowship or text 94,000. Is it 94,000 or is it? It's fellowship to 94,000. That's what it is. So you text fellowship to 94,000. Technologically uh, uh, very handicapped sometimes. So sorry about that. So uh, fellowship to 94,000. You'll be sent to a website that'll give you a little bit more information uh, about the church, just uh, how you can get connected here at fellowship. And we'd love for you to be able to do that. Now, if you want to register here in person, you can do so as well. You can go to our information counter, fill out a visitor's card. When you do that, you can bring it right over to, uh, you'll get a card and you can go right over with your entire family over to uh, the coffee shop and you get a specialty drink for everybody within your visiting party. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for being here. Make yourself at home. Well, we're going to continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give back today uh, with giving of tithes and offerings. Now, we don't pass plates or buckets here, uh, but it's very easy to give. You can give on your Church Center app. If you've not downloaded the Church Center app, we really recommend that you do that. Keeps you very well connected, all the things here at Fellowship. It's the easiest way to give. You can also text tithe. You can tithe on the website or you can give in our offering boxes located in the lobby. So many different ways, convenient ways for you to give here at Fellowship. And I hope you're ready to give uh, to him as you get ready to do that. Let me say a prayer, a blessing over you. Lord, we love you. And thank you so much for everything you've blessed us with. You are so good to us. And everything that has come into our life that's good has come from you. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray now that as we give back to you, Lord, that you would bless us, bless us like only you can. And I pray, God, that uh, you would just, everything that would come in would be to your honor and glory and sufficient for your church's needs. But thank you, God, for how you take care of us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we announced our women's conference. It's going to be taking place uh, on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd up in uh, near Winter Park of October. And that went live on the Church Center app at one o'clock and it completely filled up in an hour and a half. So uh, that's good. That's a good thing. But we had a, a waiting list of about 30 ladies. And so what we were able to do is contact the resort and they're going to, we're going to open it up another weekend. So if you wanted to register and you couldn't, you still have a chance to go, but this weekend will be the 7th, 8th, and 9th. So we'll have it two dates, uh, same price, same location. 
Same deal, you will get on your Church Center app today at one o'clock, it goes live and make sure you register at one o'clock. Now, if you are technologically uh, uh, struggle like me and you need a little help with the Church Center app or you need help on how to register, you can come see me and Pastor Will down at the pergola uh, at the west end of the lobby. And we would love to show you how to do that. If you have more questions about that or some of the events that are coming up, some of the classes, come over and talk to me and Will as well. I've got a lot of really cool things happening here at Fellowship. And here's Pastor Joe to tell you a little bit more about it. Something that has been life-changing for us here at Fellowship Church is our Rooted class. If you have any questions about your faith or what we believe here at Fellowship Church, this is a perfect place for you. The cost is $25 and that starts September 12th. And if you'd like any more information, check out the Church Center app. Fellowship Church, if you're between the ages of 19 and 26, we are starting our young adults class. The cost is $25. It will start on September 19th. It's just a great way to meet other people who are your age and just learn more about God and what he has for your life. For more information, check out the Church Center app. Parents, we know the difficulty of trying to find a place for your kids to go on a random day off of school, so we wanted to help you out at 4640. On September 27th, there is no school for high school, middle school, and so we would love to take your kid with us to Glenwood Adventure Park. The cost is $55. That includes the bus ride up there, lunch, and entrance into the caves, and all of the rides up there. So sign up on the Church Center app today. Thank you so much for joining us here at Fellowship Church online and in person. Enjoy this wonderful choir special. Can we all just stand to our feet right now? Let's just worship God. Yeah. Yeah. 
First off, can we just give our choir and band a little round of applause? Aren't you thankful? It is so cool that we have such a wonderful, talented group of people who take time out of their week uh, just to come and serve us, and they do it with excellence, and uh, it's just such a cool part of our church. I'm so uh, proud of them, proud to be a part of this, and uh, I love the song that they just sing, sang, Jaira. It means God will provide. God who will provide. And see, there are so many different things we find in scripture where people call God um, by different names. Like in the Old Testament, they, they recognize characteristics about God and they'd start calling him that. So like Abra- this, the word Jaira comes uh, from the story where Abraham uh, or, uh, took his son up onto the mountain to sacrifice him. And God's like, whoa, stop, I'm gonna provide a ram for you to sacrifice. So he said, uh, you are Jehovah Jireh, which means you are God who will provide. And uh, it's interesting because what we tend to do is we tend to put people and we tend to put God into a box of how we first meet them, right? It's like, so he's like, he's God who will provide, but but we can recognize that there's so much more. See, there's, there is, our, our God is a healer. Right, he's, he's our savior, he's a deliverer, he's our, our creator, there's so much about him. So uh, finally, we, we find in scripture in Exodus chapter three, uh, there's a man by the name of Moses and God speaks to Moses. You probably heard the story of the burning bush, anybody? Uh, the story of the burning bush, God decides to, to light a bush on fire to uh, appear to Moses in this way. And Moses is like, hey, this bush is on fire, but it ain't being burned up. I gotta go check this out. And he goes over there and it's God and he's talking to him. And, and he starts recognizing this is God. So he asks a question and this is such an important question, I think, to ask God. He said, God, what's your name? Because God gave him a challenge. He said, this is my plan for your life. This is what I have a desire for you to do. This is your destiny. I want you to go back into Egypt, face Pharaoh, and tell him, let my people go. Now, Moses knew if I go into Egypt, this is a polytheistic culture. They believe that lots of things are God. They don't believe in the, the creator, the, all, the almighty, the one true God. So, um, He's like, if I just go and I, I say, like, God told me, they'd be like, what God? So I need to give them a name. Like, I need to tell them, who, who is it that, that, that sent me? So God, what is your name? And, and could you just imagine, first off, it's the, he's standing in front of a bush that's burning, right? But imagine, it's like, he asked God, God, what's your name? And, and God God's like, okay, I'll tell you my name. And he leans in and he's excited and he pulls out his iPhone. I mean, well, he pulls out like a rock and a chisel or whatever. He's like, I'm gonna write it down. I wanna be ready, right? So you just tell me I'm pumped about this. I'm, I'm gonna spread the word, what your name is. And he's like, okay, you ready for it? You ready for it? I'm ready, I'm ready. I got, I got, I got my chisel, I'm ready. He goes, okay, I am, and Moses must have been like, okay, you are, and God's like, no, you missed it. That's my name. I am. Your name's I am. Yeah, I am that I am. What kind of name is that? You are what? And I think it's so beautiful because what does God do when he 
gives us his name, what we are to call the heavenly fathers. He gives us a name where we can't put him in a box because we, we recognize that he is more than enough. That, that if we try to say, well, he's a deliverer, well, yeah, he is, but he's also so much more. But he's a savior, he is, but he's so much more. He's a creator, he is, but he's so much more. So what was he telling Moses is he's telling Moses, it's like, I am everything you need and everything you're ever going to need in your entire life. So you don't even know what you need me to be yet, but I am that. And man, that's good news because it's like, Moses is like, I, I need some strength. I need some courage. He's like, I am that. But there's going to be another stage in your life once you're beyond getting out of Egypt. You're going to need some leadership skills and you're going to feel lonely and you're going to feel abandoned and you're going to need relationship and, and I'm that too. See, there's things you're going to go through you don't even know. It's like, let's just be honest. This is what happens in so many of our walks with God and our relationship is like, you're probably here because some part of your life's jacked up, right? <laughs> no, just me. It's like, I'm on the stage and that's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> and that's why we come to church. That's why we start understanding and learning about a relationship with God. It's like, there's things I need fixed. And for some of you, it's like, it's a health thing, a financial thing, a relational thing. Some of you, your marriage is falling apart. And you're like, God, I need someone to help me with my marriage. Because I am that. But what is so incredible we learn in our walk with God is that he doesn't stay as just that one thing for us. When our God is I am, we recognize that you, once your marriage gets fixed, once you go, through, maybe you go through divorce, once you lose the job or you get the new job or you move or you raise kids, good Lord, we need help raising kids. He's like, I am those things. But once that happens, he knows there's other things you're gonna go through in the future where that you don't even know about yet and he's the answer to that problem too so he is more than enough he is more than enough so would you turn to your neighbor and help me preach my message say hey neighbor he's more than enough Okay, there was a lot of participation, but I tell you what, um, he's more than enough for those of you that are too cool to say it, so I'm here all day. We can do this as many times as you want. So say, hey neighbor, hey neighbor. He's, more he's more than enough. Even if you won't talk, he is more than enough. He is so good. And, it, and this is what I wanna do today, is, is for us to understand that he is our provider. He's more than we can even imagine. And tapping into that, you don't need to hear me talk as much as you need to hear the word of God and allow it to change you. So let's talk to him right now. Would you pray with me? Let's ask him to speak to us individually because we're speaking as a group of people, but God wants to speak to you individually. He wants to speak to you at home, online, in your car, wherever you are right now if you hear this word. So say, God, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would speak to us. God, speak to me. I pray that there would be no distractions, that my mind wouldn't wander. And God, I even pray right now that as I speak up here that I wouldn't be a distraction, that there wouldn't be anything I say or do that would get in the way of what you want to communicate to your people. I pray that we would see you more and know you more, open our eyes to see you, open our hearts to understand you, help us to know you because God, 
we all need a better understanding of how you are more than enough than anything in this world that we think that we need. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. See, I think a lot of us, we don't tap into what we need to in our relationship with God. See, several years ago, uh, my wife and I, we, we went to a place and, and we, we did for a long time. See, I like, I like saunas and steam rooms and hot tubs and stuff like that. So we went to this place and, uh, and, and I, like on a regular basis, we'd go there and we'd go sit in the sauna and the steam room and stuff. Sometimes my wife would wander off to other places um, while we're doing that. And, um, it, and it was interesting because it was a club that we were going to. And I had to buy a membership to go to this club. I went and signed paperwork. I did all that. And in fact, I, I had proof that I was part of the club. So what would happen is I, people would ask, are you part of this club? And I would pull out of my pocket and I say, yeah, look, it, right here, it, it says Crossroads Athletic Club membership. And, and, and they're like, okay, cool. So I had proof for the fact that I was part of a club. Now see, other people had different proof than I did. Like some people walked around with six pack abs, but whatever, that's what was going on for them. I had different proof at the time because this was a while back. This was before you watched me lose 60 pounds recently. You know, I was doing the math. I've lost 150 pounds now. I have. Now, before you get too excited, it was the same 30 pounds five different times. <laughs> but regardless, I mean, that's, that, that's it's a feat in itself, you know? Like, do it once is hard enough. Do it five times. That's, it's terrible. But I recognize that, you know what? I signed a membership, I'm part of the club, I, I'm in the crew, I, I have access to things, but I wasn't, I wasn't taking access to everything that was available to me because what was available to me? Should I have chosen to leave where the hot tub was? I could have got on a treadmill, I could have got on an elliptical, I could have gone down to the weight room, I could have played racquetball. There were so many different things that I could have done. All of this was available to me, but I didn't take advantage of anything. I just wanted the membership to be able to say, hey, I want to get comfortable in the hot tub. And you know what? In our life with God, here's what I'm concerned about. And here's what I've been praying about for our church is I think a lot of us, when it comes to our walk with God, we, we want the membership. We want, we want to be in and we want to be comfortable. And there's so much that we're missing out on. There's so much that we have access to that, that we're missing out on. It's like, uh, we come on a, on a Sunday service and it's like, I, I love that song. It makes me feel comfortable. I feel at peace when I'm here. It's like, I like that certain things are available to me. I like that if I go through a hard time, I have a church family that I can call. I, I can show that I'm a member, right? Like, like, like we, we look at it that way. And even with our walk with God, we, some of us can say, I can remember when I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. But then that, that really becomes the end of it. It's like, well, because you could have seen me a decade ago when I was at the club, and it's like, you see that I was like vastly overweight, and I, I'd spend most of my time at restaurants and stuff like that, and I'd be like, yeah, I go to this gym, and people are like, you do? And I'm like, it's not, I don't feel like it's working, and it's like, it's because you're not actually going. And, um, and I think the same is true. An idea of access with our relationship with God is like, you have so much at your fingertips. And I wonder, are you taking advantage of what 
is available to you? Because he's Jireh, he's, he's our provider. He can provide for you more than enough, more than enough. Not, not, not just the areas of your life where you think you need him, not, not just the areas of your life where you, you want joy and you want peace and you want vision, but he can also provide relationships and he can give you wisdom and he can give you health and he can give you strength and he can give you direction. He, or maybe you don't have those things and he can give you peace and he can give you comfort. There's so much that he can give to us and it's, it's accessible to us if we are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, but we have to. To take advantage of it. We don't just go sign the paperwork and say, ah, I'm part, I'm part of a membership now. It's like, no, no, no. The membership does you absolutely no good unless you take advantage of it when it comes to a health club. And your relationship with God, it does you the good of securing you a home forever in heaven, but you can miss out on the entirety of what he wants to do in your life here on this planet. And that's why, hold on a second, a little water break. That's why the Apostle Paul was speaking to us as believers. He wanted, he wanted to make it clear that, hey, don't miss out on all that's available to you. Don't, don't just start a relationship with Christ and then just kind of move on and act like it's no big deal. And he says this in Colossians chapter two, verse six. <clears throat> Pardon me. It says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So he's saying your salvation, when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, that was the beginning of your life with God, but, but continue to follow his leadership by being rooted, built up in him. You know, if, if you're a child, I wonder, are, are you receiving the benefits of being rooted in him? Are, are you receiving the benefits of, everything that's available to you in your relationship with Christ. And see, this is talking about obedience here because he says, continue to live in him, right? So Paul uses this illustration about being rooted. Well, well rooted is it's agricultural, it's plants. So a plant roots down into the dirt and then what does it do with its root system is it draws nourishment from the soil. So he's using this illustration to tell us, if you're in Christ, you should be so rooted deeply into your relationship with Jesus that you draw nourishment and you draw strength and you draw everything you need from Jesus. And, and we get this wrong because we're like, well, when it comes to church, I'll, I'll draw from Jesus. But when it comes to my business, I'm gonna really just kind of rely on my coworkers. And when it comes to, to parenting and stuff like that, I'm just gonna rely on their teachers because they drive me nuts. Um, when it comes to all these different areas of life, it's like I, I, I'll pick and choose where I'm gonna get my strength from. And he's saying, no, 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 no. If you are a follower of Christ, everything you need, he is so much more than you need. So get your strength from him in every area of your life. I love that this is the same verse and I love how it's said in the message uh, paraphrase. It says, you receive Christ Jesus, the master, now, li now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. And you know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out, quit studying the subject and start living it. 
and let your living spill over into Thanksgiving. I love it. Start living. It's like, don't just sit around and listen to how to follow Jesus. He's saying, start living it now. You've heard it enough. You've heard what he wants you to do with your life. So live it. Get in deep into your relationship with him. Draw your strength from him. Pray, worship, get in the word. Be obedient to him. Do all of that. And that's where your strength is going to come from. See, today I want to talk to you about some benefits. Just, just three benefits of a life in Christ of a life with your strength being drawn from Christ. And, and again, this is not an exhausted list. These are just a couple things because these are the things I can think of right now. But remember, if his name is I am, then all the stuff I can't think of, he's that too. So these are just three things I wanna talk to you about. Do you wanna hear three benefits of a life in Christ? Oh, three people do, okay. <laughs> Let's, uh, does anyone want to know some benefits that are available to us in the life of Christ? <laughs> Do you have the verse that uh, tells Jesus is divine? There it is. This is Jesus' words. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is telling us, if you wanna have the benefits of a life with me, you have to remain in me. Like, you're a branch, I'm the vine. You gotta be connected to me, and out of that, you get your nourishment, you get your strength, you get everything you need. That is so important for us to understand. What is a branch that has been cut off of a vine? It's a stick, it's firewood. It's a stick. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a stick. You can't do anything. You can't produce fruit. You can't, see, it's weird because he said, you can do no thing apart from me. And we think, well, I can do a couple things. Oh, can you? Who gave you the breath in your lungs to be able to, to breathe? Who gave you the consciousness to be able to think right now and hear and understand what I'm saying? It's like, is there anything you can do apart from him? Is there, because he said, if you're in me, you can accomplish things. If you're apart from me, you can't do anything. So three benefits right now to being in Christ, connected to the vine, connected to the vine, not a dead stick, but connected to him. Number one, a life in Christ bears fruit. It bears fruit. And you say, well, what is this fruit that you're talking about? Many of you know this, but I'm gonna recap it again. This is the fruit of the Spirit found in the book of Galatians chapter five. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So life rooted in Christ is led by the Holy Spirit and will have these fruits in their life. See, when you look at your life, I wonder how many of you wish you had more of those things? I wish I was more peaceful. I wish I was more joyful. I wish I was more patient. In fact, it's a good test for you right now. It's a good test to ask yourself, do you wish you had more of that in your life? then you gotta ask yourself the question, are you drawing your strength from him? Are you rooted in him? Because a life rooted in him, the word used there will bear fruit. Bearing fruit and producing fruit is completely different. Producing fruit is just making fruit. 
Bearing fruit is, bearing is the ability to sustain and to hold and to, to carry the load. You, you bear a load, right? So it's the ability to be able to keep holding on to what you have regardless of what you go through. And there's a difference because what you and I try to do many times in life is we try to manufacture our own fruit, and we think, man, I, I need some peace, so I'm gonna try to be peaceful. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna read a book and I'm gonna listen to the birds and I've got this white noise thing on my phone and I'm gonna listen to raindrops fall and I'm gonna try to sit here and close my eyes and find peace. And you can do that. You can manufacture fruit for a short period of time, but that is different than bearing fruit in the spirit because what happens when you manufacture fruit is it, your life can get shaken and it can fall off. And don't you know some of the fruit that you have can fall off because people will shake you. And when people shake you, your fruit chop starts falling off. How many of you know someone who shakes your branches and all of a sudden your fruit falls off? How many of you sit next to the person that shakes your branches and all of a sudden your fruit? See, just by raising your hand, you shook the branches of the person sitting next to you. It's like, I was feeling good. I was at church. It was a good time. And then my wife's got to put her hand up. I shake her branches. It's like, now I'm not feeling peaceful and joyful and patient and kind and get your own ride home. I don't even know where that came from. It's like, but what will happen is life. The Bible says in this world, you will have trouble. See, you're gonna deal with problems. And when you deal with problems, it's like, I'm gonna be fruitful today. I'm gonna be joyful and kind and gentle. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on Christian music. I'm gonna roll down my windows and, and I'm gonna listen to the birds sing outside and it's a bluebird day. I'm gonna drive to work today and I'm not gonna road rage one time. I'm gonna be small. I'm not gonna wave at anyone with that, that one finger one time. I'm gonna use all fingers when I wave today. It's, it's gonna be great because I, I got my Fellowship Church sticker on the back of my car. I'm gonna represent today. It's good. And it's like, but then what happens is you get shaken because that Subaru pulls out in front of you and you're like, or that truck. I'm not just picking on like, <laughs> like drawing a line here. It's like, don't ostracize half the people in the room. Um, but whatever it is, it's like, can you believe that? You read that bumper sticker. Ah, I know who you voted for. You know who I vote for. Nah, ah! And you're shaking. It's like your, your kindness, your gentleness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your self-control. Where the heck did it go? You got shaken. So when you manufacture fruit, it falls off. But man, what we've got to learn is that life in Christ bears fruit. It holds on. It holds on that I go through a shaking and people drive me nuts sometimes and I might get a diagnosis that I don't like and I might get laid off and I might go through different problems but what happens is I still am able to hold on to my joy and my peace and my patience and my kindness and my goodness and my faithfulness and my gentleness and my self-control. It's a fruit. <laughs> It's a heart. We don't all want it, but we kind of want it, but we don't. <laughs> we want it until we go to roosters, and then it's like just later. You're like, Jesus, can you hold, hold off on that fruit until like we leave? <laughs> but that brings me to the fact that the second 
benefit of a life in Christ I wanna talk about today is first, the life in Christ bears fruit, but second, how it holds on to it through difficulties. Second, a life in Christ withstands storms. And, and this is how it tie, ties together, is that you're gonna go through difficulties. The Bible says, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's John 16, So you're gonna go through storms. You're gonna go through difficulties. Things are going to shake you, but you can still have your joy. You can still have your peace. You can still be fine. And you're gonna go through storms. But a life in Christ will withstand those storms. I've got two teenage daughters right now, and uh, I know I talk about them all the time, but in getting ready for this message, I was thinking about something that happened when uh, our, young, our oldest daughter, Rachel, was young. She was like 18 months, maybe a little bit younger than that. I can remember that a storm hit our house in the middle of summer, and it was like, it was loud. There was lightning flashing, thunder rumbling. There, there was rain pounding up against her window, so in the middle of the night, she doesn't know what's going on. She thinks she's under attack. So she starts freaking out and screaming and screaming and screaming. And I went running into her room. She still had a rocking chair in her room. And I, and I, I grabbed her and I picked her up and I held her in the rocking chair. And I just kept rocking her back and forth. And I said, it's okay, baby girl. I love you. Daddy's got you. Daddy's got you. You're going to be fine, sweet girl. I love you. You're good. You're good. You're going to be okay. And she's still just screaming and crying because it's the, the windows are flashing, the, the thunder's rolling. And baby girl, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna be fine. But the truth is, her perspective was different than mine. Because her perspective of what was taking place is that there was a storm, that there was loud, it was scary, it was rumbling. She didn't know what was happening, she didn't know what was going to happen. And, and for her, it must have been terrifying. My perspective was different because my perspective was I got this precious moment where I got to hold my daughter and show her that I was gonna be there with her. Now, could you imagine with me, like years down the road, she's an adult and she goes to counseling because of my parenting or something, and she probably will. <laughs> she goes to counseling and she's like, I gotta talk to you about this storm, I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe that my father subjected me to a place where I could hear thunder and hear lightning. I can't believe that he subjected me to a place where I wasn't insulated from all of that. And there were so many uh, like scary moments throughout that night. And if you maybe would have had earplugs or if you would have had me in a bunker or something like that where I wouldn't have had to hear these things and I wouldn't be here on your couch paying you $125 an hour to tell you how much of a jerk my father is for the fact that he didn't insulate me from the storm. First off, I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but I, I would be so heartbroken by that. Because though the storm might have looked like something that was like extremely painful and scary to her, to me what it was, it was an opportunity for me to show her that I love her and I'm carrying her through no matter what she faces and she's gonna be okay and she's gonna be all right and dad's here to hold her no matter what. And the Bible says in this world you will have trouble. Here's where we get messed up, church. As individuals, we look at God. How'd you let me go through that? Why does God let bad things happen to good people? 
Why is all this stuff happening in the world? Why is there all this difficulty? Why is this all this problem? And we think, yeah, God didn't have to let that happen. He didn't, well, he, he told us, listen, we're in a broken world with sinful people and sinful actions because of what we introduced into the world. So he's saying, in this world, you will have trouble, but take art of over, I've overcome the world. What is he saying? I'm gonna be in the storm with you. I'm gonna carry you through the storm. I'm gonna help you through the storm. So maybe we, we need a perspective shift because if you've gone through enough storms with God, your perspective will shift. You ever been through a storm? You don't have to be very old before you go through a storm. And the more storms you go through, something happens. You start building more trust, start building more faith. Because if we fast forward about 11 years from there, I took Rachel on her first turkey hunt up in the mountains. Now that first storm, we were safe inside a house. I remember this storm came up and it started with lightning and there was lightning and thunder and there was no shelter. We were out in the woods, lightning and thunder and then it started pounding rain and then hail and then snow and it is just coming down on us and we are in a storm together and Rachel looks at me and she's like, Dad, is it this cool? (laughs) Wanna know why? She's been through a storm with Dad before and she made it. So there's a track record. And don't you know that God will build a track record with you? That sometimes we go through things and we think this is the most terrible thing ever in my life. And then we go through something years down the road and we remember, oh yeah, God got me through that and that and that and that. that. It's just another thing. He's gonna handle it. And people look at you like you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? He's gonna handle it, he's got you. How, how are you not freaking out right now with that diagnosis? How are you not freaking out right now with the fact that your loved one just left you? That a loved one died? How are you not freaking out right now? How are you not losing your mind? You're like, listen, I've been through storms before and he's been faithful then and I believe he will be faithful now and it gives you courage and strength because a life in Christ can withstand storms. You see, that's what Jesus says here. He, he, he talks about this, of, of withstanding storms. He gives a scenario uh, of two different types of people who go through a storm. And this is Matthew 7, 24. These are Jesus's words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built this house on the rock. So he said, if you're hearing the word of God, if you're reading my word, you're going to church, you're hearing these things, you're hearing the truth of God, and you put them to practice, you are wise. And he says, it's like a man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. Here's the flip side. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, like, it sounds good, don't think I'm gonna do that. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. You are going to go through storms and if your life is built on obedience to his word, because this is all talking about obedience, you're gonna be fine. 
And you're gonna see people who crash all around you and they're gonna be like, what's the difference? How'd you do that? How'd you make it? And you're like, listen, I was just doing life his way. I was staying rooted into my relationship with Jesus Christ and holding on to his standards for my life. And in that, I got the benefit of a foundation where I can make it through things. My marriage can last, my health can last, my strength can last, my peace can last, my, my sanity can last because I'm gonna go through the same storms you are, but my strength is not on my own wisdom, my strength is on his wisdom. Here is what I've gotta ask you and I hope you take this serious and I hope this sinks in today. I believe God wants us to focus on this. How can we expect God to be the source of our strength if we are unwilling to let him be the source of our standards. I'm gonna let that sink in for a minute. It's a hard truth to swallow. But let me ask it again. How can we expect God to be the source of our strength if we are unwilling to let him be the source of our standards? It's like, I want God to help me, but I don't wanna do life his way. God, my kids are out of line, but I don't wanna bring him here on a Wednesday night. That's just too much time driving around in the evening. God, I want you to fix my marriage, but I don't really wanna serve my spouse. God, I want you to give me happiness, but I don't, I don't really wanna forgive people. I'd rather be able to hold on to that resentment. God, God, I, I want you to to help me when it comes to the area of my finances, but that whole tithing thing, that sounds weird. And, and, and after all, I've heard that churches are about money and stuff. So it's like we, we go, okay, instead of living life by God's standards, I'm gonna live by my own. And Jesus said, that's the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Because you need to get ready for it. A storm's coming and you're gonna crash if you do it that way. But the words of our Savior is, if you hear these words of mine, of Jesus, and put them to practice, you are building your life on a foundation of rock. So what do you get as benefits in a relationship with God? Just a couple things. You get fruit. You can bear fruit. You can, you can have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, you can have those things. And you can also have a foundation of a life that can make it through any type of storm. And then the last thing I wanna close with, and most importantly today, many of you have heard this before, but I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna say it again until every, for the rest of my life, until every person I run into hears this come out of my mouth, is most importantly, a life in Christ Jesus ensures eternity. A life in Christ gives you a home forever in heaven. It's like the shocking thing, I like, I've heard this from older pastors and it's shocking to me how often this happens now that I've been doing this for a while. But I can tell you over the last 21 years of doing funerals and weddings, stuff like that, I've done so many funerals where I will ask people, because I wanna know like who's the crowd I'm talking to before I do the funeral, I'll ask them, was your loved one saved? Do they have a relationship with Jesus? Are they in heaven right now? And so many times the shocking and sad truth is people say, well, they were a good person. They went to church sometimes. Okay, neat. Um, 
the question I asked was, were they saved? Did they have a relationship with Jesus? Well, they were kind. They, they gave money to the poor and stuff like that. Because our culture gets caught up in this weird social mysticism of thinking that you have to live a good life in order to be able to have a relationship with God. And you've heard the lie before, the lie of if my good outweighs my bad, maybe I'll make it. That is a lie straight from the devil. That is a lie from the enemy to try to tell people if you live good enough, you're gonna make it. Because we don't see anywhere in the Bible that that's okay. That is heresy. That's blasphemy. That is not the truth of God. The truth of God is that we are all sinners. We're all jacked up. We're all messed up. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to pay the price for our wretchedness, for our sin. And then now if we accept that free gift of the fact that Jesus paid the, uh, the price for our sins, we can have a relationship with him and have a home forever in heaven with him. So it has nothing to do with how good you're acting. It has everything to do with, to do, with do you have a relationship with my son? And, and I'm here to tell you, a life in Christ is a life that will eternally live on in heaven where you have a relationship with God from now until eternity. Because do you realize that earth is the testing ground for you to make the choice of what you want because God loves you enough to allow you to choose what you want. So if you choose in this planet, that you want a relationship with Jesus, then for eternity, he is gonna allow you to have a relationship with Jesus. But do you understand, God is not hateful. He does not hate you enough to force you into a relationship with him. So if you choose on this planet to not have a relationship with Jesus, he is not gonna kidnap you and force you into heaven. He will allow you to escape him. And that's the terrifying thing. So many people escape him right into hell. And he's going, if that's really what you want, you don't want to be around me, I'll let you have that. And there's so many people that with good intentions have thought, I'll just live a good life. I'll be kind. I'll walk old ladies across the street and stuff like that. And, and maybe all in the end, my good can outweigh the bad. And God said, you have missed the point. The only way to get saved the only way to get to heaven, the only way to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father is that we acknowledge our sin, we accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and we have a personal relationship with Him. So I wonder, are you getting everything that you need? Are you, because are, He's more than enough, are you getting all the benefits to what you have through a relationship with him or you just coming to church on Sunday it's like what you got from it was being comfortable in the hot tub you got to hear your song that you liked and you got to hear someone like comfort you a little bit or are you going to live a life that is going to be full of fruit and transformed and withstanding storms and most importantly when you die go to heaven so what I wanna do is I, I wanna just show you what God says about how we can have a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible says, for all have sinned. What is sin? It's simply missing the mark. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. Romans 3.10 3, uh, says, there is no one righteous, not even one. So if you're in here right now and you're like, ah, I've lived a good life, I haven't really sinned. God says, nope, you're wrong, you've sinned. 
you've thought things, you acted things wrong, you've lied, you've, you've connived, you've been selfish. We've all missed the mark. So since we've all sinned, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of that sin of his death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then he goes on to tell us, this is how you can have a relationship with Jesus. Here's how you can get saved. So tune into this. Don't get distracted. Listen right now. Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. 1 John 1, 9 says, if, you can, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. I wanna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because I know there are many of you right now, you know that this is a time where something needs to change for you. And you know that maybe you have never started a relationship with God. You've never started a relationship with Jesus. You've never asked him to forgive you of your sins. You've never made him the Lord and savior of your life. So you've been doing church, you've been trying to live good and you're recognizing now, you're learning now because of the truth of God's word that that has nothing to do with it but it has everything to do with the fact that you recognize you need a relationship with Jesus. So if you're with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if, if you need a relationship with Jesus and you've never asked him to be your savior before, I wanna ask you to put your hand up in the air so I can pray for you. And I just wanna ask you to be honest. There's so many hands coming up right now. Thank you so much for your honesty because um, this is the first step of faith. What we're doing, we're, we're we're confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And in doing so, we will be saved. So I wanna ask every person right now before we dismiss, everyone listening online, anyone hearing my voice, I'm gonna pray a prayer and I want every person to repeat this prayer after me. And in doing so, this is not like a magic, magical prayer or anything, it's a means to a relationship with God where we are asking him to become the Lord and savior of our life and change our destiny because he is more than enough. He's everything we need. So let's all pray, let's pray out loud. And those of you that are praying this for the first time, just connect with this in your heart and speak this to God. Dear heavenly father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins and to raise again to life. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to be my Lord, my savior, and please give me a home forever in heaven. Today, I make you the Lord and savior of my life. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now this is a part where I know some people get a little embarrassed, but you're in a room full of people who want to celebrate with you, who have all prayed this prayer before, who are, we're all here just on our own journey trying to learn more about Walk With God. I saw a lot of hands go up just a minute ago. We wanna celebrate with you. So if you're comfortable, put your hand back up in the air if you prayed that for the first time so we can celebrate with you right now. Just put it up real high. These people over here, that's awesome. 
That doesn't mean you're perfect. You're still gonna struggle. You're still gonna go through storms. But in Christ, you're gonna make it. I love you, church. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm so thankful that you were here. Thank you for joining with us online. If you just got saved, if you just asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, text the word heaven to 94000. That's the word heaven to 94000. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you in prayer. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAYER with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online. Thank you.